everyone, and welcome back to the Joy Clicks Games Cast. This is episode 92. I'm your host, Christian Buckley, joined on this very cold, it's cold here, uh, Wednesday, as always, the cozy conductor, Kevin Diaz. Greetings. Greetings. What it do? What it do? What's happening? How you doing? Does it does it feel like a Wednesday to you? I get Tuesday vibes. I get Tuesday vibes a little bit. Partially because, like, I was so busy yesterday just doing like a bunch of errands and stuff um mm-hmm. like pretty much the whole day i was i was i like left my apartment at like 10 and then didn't didn't come back until like seven or eight you know mm-hmm. so it kind of felt like yesterday didn't exist even though it very much did exist and some big shit did happen obviously but yeah. um but yeah it it it, it kind of feels like tuesday vibes you know sure. kind of feels like tuesday yeah and the big news you're talking about of course is going to be the point of the show this week down in pots, which we'll probably get to soon, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, yeah, there's some crazy things that are going on in the games industry that are changing the way things will be probably forever. So we'll run through all that for you. But um, as always, we gotta we gotta ramp up to that. You know, you can't just dive into the lava cake at a restaurant. You gotta work through your side salad. You gotta work through the bread. You gotta work mm. through those rolls. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm I'm so glad. Do are we both talking about Texas Roadhouse? No. There so I think there's a Texas Roadhouse (laughs) near me that our friend Jack Martin has been to, but I've never been. Mm, It's fantastic. And Mm -hmm. specifically, I'm sure you you may be aware, but their their roles at Texas Roadhouse is crack. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's real. It's real good. It's real. And it's this cinnamon butter that they serve with it. Yes. That I've heard. It's, it's phenomenal. Now. Another, mm-hmm. uh, one other shout out, the cheddar biscuits at Red Lobster. Shout out to that high key. Love that. Nice. Love yeah. the, the, love the Red Lobster biscuits, but go ahead. Um, I typically, I feel like I haven't had Red Lobster either, which is weird because, you know, New England and seafood, but like. Mm. Um, I, I am aware of the reputation of these loaves of bread to the point where we'll kick off this week with a, a nice little dinner roll, I guess, in uh, Patch Notes very quickly. What probably would have been a bigger deal this week, at least in terms of a fun podcast conversation, because we both have a history with this game, it's wild that it was gone forever and now it's back. Tilted Towers has returned in Fortnite. The entire map is landing there every match. As expected, um, but yeah, the the map has changed a lot since Tilted was there be- in the beginning, in the olden days, in the days of Fortnite Fridays. Remember mm. that, Kevin? <laughs> I know I you remember forget. that. Yeah, I always forget until it gets reminded. I always mm. forget. I always forget. I always forget. Yeah, I mean, number I always forget. I... Mm-hmm. Number one Fortnite coverage right here. Fortnite Fridays, baby. I always forget that uh, I did a weekly Destiny show too. Eyes up. Oh yeah, that was a good name. Eyes up, Grot. Yo, that was a fire, fire hey, naming, fire naming. New Destiny expansion coming out. It's I'm not nearly as well versed in Destiny as I should be to run a Destiny show, but I do think it is a good name, and it's a shame to leave that behind. You know, so we'll see what happens. Um, have you, have you played much Fortnite lately at all? Do you still have it installed? Nah, I I think I have it installed. I really want to check out the new mechanics and all that, but. Have not, have not, have not gotten there yet. Nice. Have not gotten there yet. 
Yeah, I, I kind of missed all of Chapter 2. I think I logged in for one of the events. I think the Ariana Grande concert was Chapter 2, so I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played more Fortnite than I have since Chapter 1 in Chapter 3 with the new stuff. It's solid. I think the game is back to being a bit more what I liked about 1 and kind of less gimmicky. At the same time, there's the Spider-Man web shooters, which are very fun. But yeah, it's it's strange that there's kind of a nostalgia on the internet for this game, Fortnite, which this year is going to be, what, like five years old, technically? So like, wild, wild journey that game has had. Indeed, 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 yeah. And like, and, and I do, I feel like I really should go and just check it out and just, and just see what's up, you know what I'm saying? Just to see what's up. I know I've missed a lot of skins that I would have gotten if I was more in the Fortnite, for sure. Yeah. For sure. A lot of the, a lot of mm-hmm. the good skins I missed, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, I did see they're adding Hawkeye, Clinton, Kate skins. I did. I, I like the Kate skin a lot. Yeah, it's good. It looks good. Really hoping for a Moon Knight skin, honestly. I might, mm. I might go in on a Moon Knight skin. Yes, sir. Is that all white? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So... Now that we've dealt with the dinner roll, nice buttered up cinnamon butter, like you said. Yes, sir. Uh, why don't we move on to the salad? What What's your go to salad at a steakhouse? Honestly, I'm I'm a Caesar guy. You know, okay, big, same. Big, big, big shout out to the Olive Garden salad, the more like Italian dressing type style. You know, I do like the Olive Garden uh, salad, but like if I had a choice, I I just go with the Caesar. You know, do you ever order soup? Instead of salad, I can't, God, no, I can't, no. I can't get behind that. Thank you. I can't get behind that. I don't know why you'd want a soup and then your meal, you know? Yeah. Like a I soup is a meal, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like for me, like I would never like order soup, right? Like that's more of like a sick uh, thing I would get like when I'm sick, you know what I'm saying? It, exception. I love getting clam chowder at places. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So... Even that though, like yeah, New England clam chowder is a thing, but I would yeah. never or- order that as like a a warm up for a meal I'm about to have, right? Like pairing that with something, what the hell is that gonna go with? What what are you gonna pair clam chowder with? Yeah, steak. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, but strange. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on to the games we're playing for our salads. We are pro salad, anti soup podcast um i got a brief one because i think i started this before recording last week maybe i started it after but 42 hours later i have beaten dark souls remastered for the first time congratulations congratulations sir congratulations thank you so i picked this up late last year after i platinum sekiro and i was like hey it's finally it's on sale again I have finished the From Software games in my backlog. Elden Ring seems like the evolution of Dark Souls. I feel like I should have experience with Dark Souls going into Elden Ring. So I did it. I beat it. It's solid. I, I get it. I get the, the huge hype at the time. I'm sure it was groundbreaking, and it absolutely was. But I think it's probably my third favorite out of the three I've played so far. I but see. it's still an excellent game. 
So what, like, it would, uh, you just be Dark Souls the remaster, right? Not like two and three or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I trust the word of my old college roommate Matt when it comes to the series, nearly more than anybody else, because it was it's his favorite thing. He was obsessed with it in college. Um, he told me point blank, skip Dark Souls two. It is bad. So I think I'm going to play three. Maybe before Elden Ring if I can manage it, but um, I'm definitely going to play 3. Maybe I'll play 2 eventually, but I wanted to at least play Dark Souls, the one that really kicked it all off, before I play Elden Ring, which is the evolution of that type of From Software. Mm. Mm. I see. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it was good. It was hard. Actually, <laughs> was it? I don't know. I mean... Do you think it was like... Any, because I think you told me that like you think Sekiro is a little bit easier or harder. I forgot. I know you said like it's different for sure. Yeah, it depends on the person. Because when it comes to Sekiro, Sekiro is very different than Bloodborne and Souls. Where in Souls, if you're stuck on something, you can go out in the world. You can just kill a bunch of enemies you kill on your way from boss to boss. Earn a bunch of points dump that into your stats to try and just become OP. And as you progress, if you are not losing your souls by like dying twice, um, if you're able to manage your souls well, I finished the game at level 90 and I don't feel like I did much grinding at all. And some of the end game bosses were kind of a joke for me Mm -hmm. where in Bloodborne, even, I think the scaling was a little better. Like, if I went to go try and do the final boss of Bloodborne right now, I probably wouldn't get it out in the first couple attempts. Right. If I just tried to redo the Dark Souls one, I could do it in, like, four hits. And then Sekiro. Sekiro is interesting because the way progression works there, it's tied to your own knowledge of the mechanics more so than your version of Sekiro, how did you build him, where you can beat any boss in that game by just being good at the game you know and that's what the final boss of that game is where if you didn't learn how to parry properly what moves you should parry the specific types of parries uh some weird elemental attacks you will struggle a lot and when i replayed sekiro i got the final boss i think on attempt three so like I feel more confident in my ability in Sekiro to the point where playing through that game again would probably be easy for me, but still feel challenging. Where Dark Souls, um, now that I beat it, I'm like a god. <laughs> so playing it on New Game Plus, I'd probably destroy everything. Right, right. Yeah, I see, I see, I see. Interesting, interesting. So, um, which one sounds more up your alley, do you think? Because I know you've danced around some of them. You like Jedi Fallen Order. You're thinking about Final Fantasy. Like out of like Dark Souls or like Elden Ring? or I, I mean more in like the design choice of like it's based off of how you understand the game versus if you grind or if you level things up the right way or make a build properly with RPG stuff. Like which one sounds more appealing to the Kevin Diaz style of yeah. gameplay? Yeah. I think more appealing is like, because I love the feeling of like when you spend a lot of time in a game and you understand that game and you become confident in that game's rule set and the rule set that you have to abide by to mm-hmm. achieve success in a given game. Like, I like that type of 
achievement better, like a little bit more so than like um, just building up my character and just naturally just being strong mm-hmm. through more like uh, non, uh, you know, like not like straight up ways of of just like upgrading yourself. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like mm-hmm. I'll like explain that. Yeah, where like I I like love. Um, you know the the like feeling I would get like even I felt this a little bit more so like towards the end of like the OG God of Wars where there are certain like combos that work better on different enemies and and, and different stuff like that like where like mm-hmm. yes like it is like a hack and slash game for sure but like there's techniques that are there for you to learn that allow you to do better in a given game right mm-hmm. aside from just like oh I got a skill point over the course of me just getting XP and just upgrading myself, you know? So I think a little bit towards the first one, personally. Yeah, but, so then I think yeah. out of the ones I've played, at least you'd probably prefer Sekiro the most. Right, um, okay. I see. And as it stands, I, I felt this way after I platinumed it. I think that's my favorite from software game, where Bloodborne has the best world. It's so creative. There's nothing else like it. And I really love the way they do their storytelling there. But Sekiro's gameplay is... Like, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the best type of RPG gameplay I've had. Facts. But in terms of an action game, like full real time, Sekiro is untouchable. That's the that's the bar for me. Mm. So, mm. yeah, interesting journey I've been on with from software going to Elden Ring, and I'm excited for Elden Ring now. So, I mean, I was before, but yeah. more so now. I can I feel like I can understand the evolution that I'll see in Elden Ring now. You know, right. Right, I feel you. I feel you. Well, you're, uh, you know, you you've been prepping for a February game. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I was just about so to have say. I. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So have I. You know what I'm saying? Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, in a lot of ways, right? I can see like I'm having an interesting journey going back to this game. Like I I am liking it. I feel more than I originally did. Right? Really? And I really appreciate. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm like appreciating a lot more of like the narrative and like the way that they structured the story involving like having, you know, two dedicated storylines where the mission list kind of goes back and forth on like each storyline that you can pursue in terms of um, the deal with the, with the whole shadow Karja splinter cell that broke off, um, you know, that is going against the sun King and all that. And the whole thing with Aaron and his sister and all that versus the story with, um silence and learning more about project zero dawn and like what happened to earth and what happened to the world you know uh back in those old world times right and uh i think while like i've appreciating the story more i do see where i think i think i know and i think i see where a lot of people like drop off on horizon and i really do think like at least some portion of it has to be the whole Karja storyline. Like, I don't think that Karja storyline so far, I'm like halfway through the game. I think I'm like 15, 16 hours in. Like, um, I don't think that side of Horizon is as interesting in comparison to the silence, like understanding what Project Zero Dawn is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think that is, I think that could be one of the reasons that like, I feel like a lot of people like, you know, fell off horizon or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, um, or at least that, that's what it 
feels like to me where like I'm I'm not that wowed to like go into an errand mission and and do all that stuff right but um and by Aaron I mean like the 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 dude not like a errands like a like right. a chore E R E N yeah yeah um but the gameplay is still phenomenal dude like like I forgot how fun it was to fight these machines and like figure out their moveset I am playing on hard so that might be adding a little bit of uh, spice to it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um. But it's been really fun, like, uh, and and it, it's <laughs> you you know what's interesting too, Christian. I think I might be enjoying Horizon a little bit more after spending you know in between the first time I played Horizon playing uh, a, a couple Pokemon games, right? <laughs> and like studying these. Explain machines. that. Explain that. Learn- what do you mean? So so like learning their weaknesses. Like it's not as like in depth as Pokemon. I feel like maybe. Um, uh, I mean, is it? I don't know. Like in terms of like, okay, cool, like. To defeat a Snap Maw, right, I know that they are susceptible to fire, right? So I start burning them, getting in that fire state. And then there are some machines that when you get into a fire state or a free state or like, an, or like a shocking state with electricity, like whichever they're, weak, whichever they're weaker to, they expose different uh, special weaker uh, uh, valves that mm-hmm. pop out of their body. Like if they're too cold or too hot or... or whatever, which those do a lot more damage when you hit them, right? So it's, like, there's, like, a level of, like, complexity where, like, I don't know, maybe that's a crazy statement. I don't know. But, like, I feel like I might be appreciating the machine combat more and, like, learning their behavior. I think a little bit of that, I don't know if I would have felt that without playing Pokemon games, to be honest, Christian. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, like, I, I, I know that's, that is a weird thing that not a lot of people say about Horizon, right? And, like, I'm not trying to say that, like, Oh, you know, Horizon equals Pokemon, but like just in the mm-hmm. way of like learning the enemy's move set, sure. right? And I, like how they emote and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm really appreciating the machine mm-hmm. variety in uh, Horizon for sure. I, I definitely hear what you're saying there, and I think yeah. it's very funny because the the experience you're describing, I feel like I'm kind of on the other side of that with Horizon, where. Mm-hmm. Last year, when it was uh, free in the Play at Home thing, I reinstalled it. I tried it then. I tried getting back in for a replay. I was not feeling it. When you brought back the... Um, and I got like an hour, hour and a half in, I think. Um, when you brought up the fact that you're doing Road to Forbidden West and you're starting up planning for it like late at the end of the year, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll give it another shot. I'll see if I click with it again. I can follow along. And worth reiterating, I think Horizon's a good game, and I enjoyed it when I played it in 2017. But, um, yeah, it's just something about it wasn't clicking. And I think where you say you have a greater appreciation for it because of your time with Pokemon in between, I think I'm judging it a bit harsher because I've had time with Monster Hunter in between. And That's fair. That's very fair. Monster Hunter is the same type of, like, what you're saying about like the things you're taking into Pokemon, you're, you're taking into Horizon in terms of the way you like grand scheme look at things. Yeah. Horizon and Monster Hunter are similar where it's like, yeah, you're fighting big dinosaurs essentially. But in Monster Hunter, it is so much deeper to the point where I think it made it feel more boring for me when I returned to Horizon. That's fair. And That's fair. That's fair. Just the way combat works in a game like Monster Hunter dealing with a big enemy like that, I just feel like is more satisfying and there's more variety. But um, yeah, 
I I think Horizon is a game I still appreciate, but I don't know if it's one I'd ever revisit for a comprehensive replay uh, because of just the way it's aged with me. But I I will say uh, now that you're saying all these quest lines about the Karja stuff, I don't remember any of that. I don't think I remember the stuff with silence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Silence, Elizabeth, all the stuff I thought was really interesting and cool. But again, I think that hurt on the replay because so much of that is like buried in the second half. Like you get little teases, but um, well, like uh, I mean, I mean progression like wise, I, like open world, you get to see like oh these structures, but um, yeah, developments that is like deep in that game. So yeah, yeah, like um, I know I haven't even gotten to the cauldrons yet in my playthrough, right? Damn. And like I know like that's where like there's more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh for sure like i think i'm like about to hit it with this next mission i'm on i'm not sure i have like six main missions left in the game Mm -hmm. um but i will say the beginning of horizon yeah that's that's not a great opening (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like yeah i think that loses a lot of people and that i think is just at the game's fault yeah um where i just don't think that the beginning of that game like is that enticing at all really um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to like sprinkle like, yeah, like I know the game literally starts out with a- Aloy falling into one of the old world environments. Right. And like, that's like the literal start of the game. Right. So like there are seeds that they're planting and making you question what happened in this world. But mm-hmm. I think like, besides that, it's just a lot of just top world stuff. Right. That like, I don't think is as interesting, like the whole, um, the uh aspect of the proving right and getting mm-hmm. um aloy to if she wins this proving she'll be able to ask uh um the head of the nora tribe like one request which would be like to you know who is her mother right like that big question mm-hmm. and everything right so like that is like cool on paper but i don't think it was executed as great in gameplay like i do feel you like if you drop off in the first like hour or two like I get it. It's a pretty slow start. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, you know, people's time is valuable, right? So I just don't think it's right for me to be like, oh, just stick around for three, four, five hours for it to get good, to get to the good silent stuff, right? Like, that's just is what it is. Like, if you happen to get to the silent stuff, it is really good shit. Yeah. And like, again, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy playing Horizon. It was like an an eight, mid eight for me back then. It's around the same now. It's just, I don't revisit eights often unless they really stick with me, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm not that far off your eight, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. this, this, like, Horizon's definitely not perfect. Definitely not perfect. Yeah. Traversal is very much still a problem <laughs> in that game, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But, and like, uh, yeah, yeah. Back in 2017, I played Horizon in like September, I think, or October. Um, right. I'm, not feeling forbidden west right now i'll see how it reviews but i think the main thing i'm looking for to hear about it is like if there is more of a focus on that karja modern day storyline is it improved how significant is the uh progression and like feeling of combat beyond the original one like those are the things that i'm looking to hear about i think the most from horizon um yeah which is interesting because this morning I was gonna throw this in patch notes, but I know you haven't watched it yet. But there was a story trailer this morning. Uh, it was yeah, three minutes long. Yeah, 
I know I need to watch that. Like, I've heard some good things in there. I haven't been spoiled about anything in the trailer. Okay. Go ahead. I won't say anything specific, but, yeah. like, like a, maybe a third of it felt like things that we've seen a lot for this game already when it comes to the narrative. And I was like, maybe half of it, because it was just like, yeah, okay, I knew that. Go, that's what we're pitching with this game. And then there were a few things that I was like, okay, interesting, you know? Okay. But I see, I see, I see. Again, like in an ideal world, it would be all that, you know, <laughs> and it would just be like, oh, yeah. yeah. I hope if they do put a more focused flesh out the, the tribes, it's good. You know, it's not like because right. like what you're saying, execution in the original one. Not great concept. Solid. But yeah. 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 I'll say two more things. One, whenever they bring up the Forbidden West in Horizon Zero Dawn, it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, the way they talk about that that region, which is, like, I think everything west of, like, Utah, pretty much. So that's, like, Arizona, California, like, definitely my side of the country. Like, to hear that being called the Forbidden West and, like, they're, like, talking about, like, these, uh you know, submerged cities, which is San Francisco that we know of now from footage that we've seen from, like, Horizon. Like, it's gonna, dude. It's so cool the way they just, the way they just had those seeds in to the lore already in the first game, and how often it's brought up. Like how like you 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 don't go past into the Forbidden West, you know. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like we're gonna go and explore that in this game is like fucking awesome, dude. I cannot wait. Um, also, last thing I'll say, game is not perfect. Melee combat with humans is fucking awful. <laughs> the rest of the time, that shit does not feel good, bro. I mean, I I really didn't right. like it across the board. Yes, like yes, yes. Even with dinos, yeah. it felt like I was hitting, like, a trash bin with a a big stick, and it was like just a thud. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll just I mean, I'll back up. I'm I'll just keep using the bow, which is like fine because the bow is like solid and good. But like, yeah, I think it feels a little better with with machines because like I've been using that. If I get in close, I'm using that to break off, like, shields from the machines, right? So, like, there is, like, a little bit more utility, but, like, it doesn't feel that great, right? I'll say Mm -hmm. it feels a little bit more effective against machines, but, like, it feels awful with humans. Like, that that combat does not feel good at all. Like, I, like, dread being in human combat. Yeah, and that's, I think, what I'm most curious about with the new one is, like, what they've seen so far, or what I've seen so far, and what I've read about it, because I haven't read everything, it's like, okay, they're progressing what they did before. Doesn't seem like anything's changing drastically, so how will they improve on what's already there, you know? So I, I want to make sure, like, if I do play it this year, I want to hear that from people more than anything. Right. So. Right. Um, but very nice. I'm sure you'll have more in-depth thoughts on Road to Forbidden West's. That is Sundays, correct? Yes, we uh, have talked about uh, the uh, how what like Horizon means to PS Trophy Room and all that. And then last week we had a big discussion about multiplayer, hmm. which uh, I even drop an idea about a first-person shooter in the Horizon universe. Go check out that podcast. You know what I'm saying? It's a good one. It's a good one. Definitely. Yeah, good. but um, I, I I did listen. It was it was it was good. Yeah, be sure yeah, to check it out. Yeah. Uh, just just a quick one too, just to get out of the way. I have started Axiom Verge, a little game came out I, I think twenty fifteen, 
Um, a sequel got released last year, so I kind of want to just dive into that and just see how it is. Even though I've heard bad things about the second game, that like it's not as great as the first game, but um, 2D, uh, definitely, I guess you would say Metroidvania, there are some areas that like I'm seeing I can't access yet, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I'll be able to later on. Um, 2D, pixel art, very, very, very good music. I love the music that just kind of comes to pass with this genre overall. Um, but I'm like liking it so far. I'm not loving it. I don't feel like I'm like super hooked, but like it is, it is pretty fun. You get a lot of different weapons as well. As you progress through these stages, they are really like on the realm of like the hard, like annoying type of enemies, like, you know, bats and like old games of this ilk, right. Where like bats and like any, uh, um, creature that's like flying is like pretty annoying, similar to like cyber shadow last year. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's cool. Um, but, you know, not, like, loving it over the moon quite yet. But I think I'll – I'm pretty sure I'll, like, see it through. But it's cool. It's cool so far. Just just something to play in between before we get February games. No, no Ori, it sounds like. Nah, 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 nah. It's not Ori. Um, but I'm still going to, like – hey, I'm still open to it becoming, like, really, really great, you know. But mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. But so far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, with that, we've reached pots. Pots, 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 pots. Okay. So, it is currently Wednesday, January 19th, 2.41 p.m. Eastern Time. I think 12.42 p.m. Kevin's time. Arizona doesn't change things. So, in Arizona, if you're listening in Arizona, that's the time. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. I say this because this is probably developing every hour, but yesterday, early, early in the morning, I forget who reported it first, but there was an article that went up that said Xbox, Microsoft is going to be acquiring Activision Blizzard, or they're attempting to. Within five minutes, (laughs) Xbox, every face from Xbox... A bunch of interviews with announcements, press releases came out that, yes, Activision Blizzard is going to be acquired by Microsoft for $68.7 billion in a deal that is going to wrap up finalizing by the end of Microsoft's fiscal year 2023 closing, which is in June 2023. So anytime between... I believe this June to next June, the deal will be finalized. It is the largest gaming acquisition ever. It is the top 20 acquisitions of all time in terms of pricing. And there's a few other details we can get to in a moment. But Kevin, I want to hear where you were. I want to know what happened because I woke up. I woke up a little earlier than normal yesterday. I think I woke up at like 7. I usually get like 7.45 and then... I was going about my day, and then I just see that, <laughs> and everything shaking. Like, the initial report was a little bit before the official one, so, like, that was just kind of how I woke up. But uh, where were you? How did you react? First, thoughts off the rip. Um, so I had a big day on Tuesday, right? It's, it's my first, like, so, yeah, like, so Monday I work on my other job, right? And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I don't work on my other job so that I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this, I mean, podcasting, video creation, all that, you know, all that good stuff, the stuff I want to be my full-time job, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was planning on – so I had made a video on Monday to put out on Tuesday, right, which is up right now, talking about, uh, you know, PlayStation 4 still continuing to be produced in 2022, right? So that was going to go up. It was scheduled and everything, all good. And then I had a bunch of errands to do that day. So I was going to be gone for like the whole day, right? So I wake up to my phone going off, right? <laughs> and it's yeah. the Joyclicks chat. And then I, I just see like a little part of Jack's message saying like, oh, I can't. Or maybe it was you. I forgot. But, oh, I can't wait till Kevin wakes up and sees this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fucking God. Oh, no. What is it, right? And then I check and then, yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the uh, announcement of the acquisition and um yeah like i was thinking about okay like do i get on stream like right now you know but i i decided to give myself a day you know because i really want to just ponder about it and like really think carefully about like how i actually feel about this you know what i'm saying because like this mm-hmm. is this is um you know bethesda was one thing yeah i'm a i'm a doom fan i'm a i'm a woman's fan but like those were the i'm I'm fans of their, like, new stuff, right? Like, I, I don't have a lot of like, history or tie to Wolverine or Doom. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, Bethesda really at all. Um, Activision's a little bit different, you know? COD's, COD's a little bit different to me. Um, that definitely goes back to my childhood, right? In, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, like, one of, like, the big temple franchises that I still check on every year. I still check out. I still keep up with, right? Even if I don't play every day nearly as much as I did back in the day. Um, but I still, you know, to, to, a to a degree care about Call of Duty, uh, and that game franchise as a whole. Right. And, uh, yeah, seeing that be affected, you know, or potentially be affected, right. To be more accurate in phrasing, um, definitely felt a little bit different than the Bethesda thing, at least for me personally, on like a personal gaming standpoint. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I just I just took a day to hear everyone's thoughts, the good, the bad, the mm-hmm. in between. You know, I I went to a wide gamut, you mm-hmm. know, and um, even wrote down some notes that I felt like, uh, and that I was feeling throughout the day too. So that's 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 kind of how my day went. I kind of just stepped sure. back and just looked at it, and I'm like, okay, so Wednesday we're gonna address it. You know. Yes, and it's it's and good you waited because. Throughout all of yesterday, new things were coming out, like, every hour almost from different publications, yeah. different journalists who were doing a great job covering it. And there's even new stuff today. So there's a lot of talking points that could be brought up. There's a lot of things that could be discussed. I have a couple other things to recap just to answer questions people may have immediately based off of hearing this. Um, and then there's an interesting uh, article from Jeff Grubb that went up earlier today that I want to dive a little deeper on and get your takes on. But... um so the way this is going to work uh, is once it goes through, Phil Spencer is going to be the CEO of gaming at Xbox. Every single manager, higher-up executive from Activision Blizzard, including Bobby Kotick, will be answering to Phil Spencer once this is said and done. Currently, according to like corporate law and just the law in general... Nobody can say one way or the other, management side, things that will be changing as the deal is ongoing. This is a thing that happens for every single major acquisition. This happened with Disney and Fox. This happened with Bethesda. Um, However, uh, Wall Street Journal is reporting that, according to their sources of people who are familiar with the ongoings of the deal, 
Bobby Kotick is expected to leave once the deal goes through. His official statement in regard to all this is that he will be available as needed once the deal is done. Again, that's PR speak. So that's the first thing. The first thing is that Bobby Kotick, according to whoever you want to believe, I trust Wall Street Journal, it makes sense that he is, as soon as this is blown over, taking his money, running, and I would imagine along with any other bad eggs left in the high up positions at Activision Blizzard. Not the best way to go for this to happen, but it feels like to me, at least the most realistic. I don't know how you feel. Like in terms of like the timeline of like Bobby, like potentially leaving once the ink is dry or. I'm yeah. I mean like also just, we saw last year the way Activision handled this internally to the point where by the end of the year, we were like, we fixed it. We got no problems. Like, that's what they were saying. Um, if Activision were to hold itself accountable indefinitely, I genuinely think Bobby Kotick would have stayed there until he felt like leaving, which who knows how long that would have been. Yeah. 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 Um, right. And, and like, we'll, like, never know, I guess, right? Like, mm-hmm. if if there would be, like, a legal precedence that would, like, put enough pressure on there to get him out. But, like, I mean, to to counter that, right, it's like they had the state of California suing them. So, yeah, like, and how much more pressure and could be needed to apply to even get him out? The know? federal government, too. It wasn't just California anymore, also. Like, yeah, it was state and nationwide levels of lawsuits and some of the allegations he drove people to death so like yeah he was saying until he was either dead or felt like leaving because the board defended him we saw that last year it sucks that he's getting money out of this but the way i'm i'm looking at it is he would be getting money anyway and better sooner than later because who knows how long he would have stayed around and made these people's lives miserable indefinitely right 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 yeah i hear you yeah um yeah like i mean the way i took that news yesterday like i wasn't really like that shocked that bobby was still staying on right like Mm -hmm. because i don't know if you i i don't know if he could have been removed even today if he if 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 even you know xbox wanted him out and like i assume that Phil, Phil knows like that's gonna be one of like the first things we hear about once the ink is dry, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I firmly believe that like that that will eventually happen. Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I just assumed yesterday that it was just like legal tape and like um, contractual obligations that like he literally cannot be removed at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that that's how I took it. Like it wasn't like a oh like Bobby's necessarily like needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. It's like when a president is really, really bad for four years and then a president is elected to follow them up and they win in November, that president can't change anything until they're signed in. You know, like, yeah, executive orders exist. First day you're in office, boom, this is done. We fixed it. It's just yeah. how the process works and it's how it, it was going to work regardless so yeah bobby is out of there as far as i'm concerned once this is done i'll be 
stunned if he's not. But like you said, I like Phil gets it. He seems like he's very knowledgeable, at least when it comes to the general pulse of this culture, community, and industry. So he's also going to be redundant. Like, you don't need two CEOs, right? Like, that's just not how things operate. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, I feel you, yeah. I, I know I heard, like, criticism, too, about, like, oh, um, if, if like, you know, Phil Sponge is, like, really going to stick it to Activision, right? Like, why pay 42% over the market share? You know what I'm saying? Like, like why, mm-hmm. like, overpay to that caliber yeah. to make this deal happen? And it's like, I don't think we'll we'll ever know if, like, hey, like, that just might have been, like, that might have been the, the greedy side of, like, hey, we're not selling until it's this fucking crazy amount. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Mm-hmm. That 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 could have very much well been what 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 happened, but um, I don't want to like dismiss people that feel that like, you know. And no, yeah, absolutely not. Like, yeah, in a perfect yeah, world, right. he'd be gone immediately, not a cent kicked to the curb, you know. But right, in the realistic sense of how Bobby Kotick would have left Activision, this seems like the best case scenario in terms of the timeline of it, you know. Like, I, th- I saw some numbers coming out the other day. Like, he would have made bank if he just got let go of his contract early or whatever anyway. So, like, hit the fast-forward button on that. I I feel like that's... Like, if, if this acquisition wasn't happening, I don't even think there would be a chance that Bobby Kotick would be gone by next June, you know? Um... Maybe. I mean, I mean, if... if... If if the money wasn't there, you know, right? Like like if if like Activision like if I Activision started to underperform, right? From like a real tangible standpoint, right? But there were no signs of that ever happening, right? Um. So yeah, like I think overall, that we like, saw, you, like, at least, yeah, yeah. Like o- overall, like that would have been like a, a. I don't think it's wild to say like that. That would have been a unlikely outcome, if yeah. you will. You know. Yeah. Um, so that is where it stands with Bobby. The next thing is the good old white mustache, top hat, monocle man. Monopoly got thrown out a lot the other day. Now the the I took a I took business classes a long time ago, Kevin, but the way the actual definition of monopolies work, I don't think there's any company that's filling fully that definition however there are people who are damn close and i think this is an instance of this going through microsoft is taking another big step towards the big m label which is not good it's just not good like that we see that happening in like movies and entertainment right now like it's Long-term, not a great thing for consolidation to be happening on this scale. That being said, a lot of people were also having conversations the other day of just how goddamn broken Activision is as more and more reports came out last year. And a lot of people were saying, how do you change this at the time? It was like, you 
cut off one snake head and then more grow back. It's a Hydra, right? Like somebody would replace Bobby that the board likes the way they like Bobby. It feels like to get genuine change, they need to be accountable to somebody rather than themselves. So it is a balancing thing of consolidation, especially on the scale, not good. The lives of these thousands of employees and Activision genuinely changing for the better. Like, what do you value more, I guess? Like, creative freedom and liberty or the lives of the employees that are making the stuff you consume? So it's a tricky line. But in my opinion, at least, I feel like it's a net positive if everything goes the way it's going. Microsoft has seemingly been able to handle acquisition and studio management well enough so far. Significantly more than Activision has. So. I mean... I think we still got to see how that... Oh, I'm not talking about Xbox. I'm talking Microsoft as a whole. Microsoft as a whole? Yeah, because that's what's happening here. Like, Microsoft has acquired plenty of companies in the past that were troubled and are fine now. And, like, their culture, their employees, especially recently, like, as far as working at a massive corporation conglomerate thing goes, Microsoft isn't hell on earth based off of everything that's been reported and employee satisfaction rates. Like it it's, I don't know. I think it, like it's better than the alternative. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, like I, I okay. Yeah. I, I like, and we're talking just like how they treat employees. I haven't heard anything crazy, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure craziness exists in every company, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, just not excusing it, not saying it's okay, obviously, but like at a certain point you get enough people in a company, you're bound to get bad people. And that is just the, the, the numbers game at that point. Right. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, any, any company can have bad shit at it for sure. Um, but uh, at least from what we've unearthed and heard from Activision, uh, I don't think it's wild to say that they might be treated better under Microsoft, right? So Yeah, I mean, I think it's an expectation, right? Because, like, Microsoft doesn't have the federal government suing them over employee harassment or treatment of civil rights. Like, that is straight up. Some of the stuff from Activision last year was straight up inhumane. To the point where literally anything better, anybody calling shots on that and holding them accountable is better than what it is right now. And after the whole Bobby thing came out last year of him saying, like, it's better, we're working on it, there's still an ongoing strike. I saw Steven Totillo posted a tweet about a couple hours ago saying that uh, as of recently, Activision didn't even acknowledge or know that there was an employee strike going on. So, like... Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. I, I don't think there's any world where Activision fixed itself. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel you. Again, not to be defending a monopoly, but if the lives of the employees are better, I think that's a net positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, obviously, it's, we want the best for the people, obviously, duh. Like, like, that's, that's, that's something that, like, I, I hate that we have to say and, like, make sure that everyone's aware of that. But like that, that should be a no brainer to me personally, mm-hmm. but yeah, just let's be clear. Duh. Um, 
but it is scary. It is scary that yeah. they that, mm-hmm. that 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 we just lost we just lost a major third party just like that over a night. And I were too close to the to the center to really see what spreads from this mm-hmm. and what what it could be, right? Um but I don't yeah, I don't I don't I don't think this is going to be like overwhelmingly great for the industry, you know? I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know. I don't know. And like I I hope that like I don't get hate for saying that, right? Like I'm not like and and like I said before, like I said a thousand times today, yesterday, I'll, I'll continue to say if Sony did this, I would not be cheering on Twitter about it or whatever, you know? Like Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. like like I I don't know. Like I I don't know what our industry is going to look like when we start taking off big major third parties off the board like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's all going to play out, you yeah. know? And like there, that's yeah. Yeah. There absolutely absolutely have been people cheering and like crying on both sides, but I think for the majority what i've seen at least in my circles the other day is a for the most part universal agreement of like hey this is bad corporate consolidation is not good but is there any other way to fix this <laughs> like i i like it's a very gray area and you're right we're not going to know what it means for anything until the deal is done but that was almost immediately yesterday what you're bringing up a central point of the conversation, at least in terms of Twitter and like YouTube videos and fans of different console boxes getting into fights over each other, right? Like that was a big like share of the conversation yesterday. And all we have on the front of PlayStation is a comment from Phil Spencer, who once again, is saying, quote, we will be we will keep making some Activision games for PlayStation and supporting those communities while other games will be exclusive to our platforms. So you brought up several times, as has many people, last year, very similar statement was made about Bethesda. Um, we're not doing this again. We're not yeah. guys, we're not doing it's not, don't don't fucking do this again, guys. Stop mm-hmm. it. Stop I have it. I have a question for you though. <laughs> we're not doing this again. What's up? I didn't get a chance to look. Did he say PlayStation last time, or did he just say like other platforms? Because he know, said PlayStation I mean, this time. I think he's. I think he said it because of the fallout from last year. Sure. Yeah. Where it's like let's let's be a little bit more frank about. Yes, we are talking about when 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 we say other consoles, we don't mean the fucking Switch. Right. You know what I'm saying? We don't mean Stadia. Right. We know what other consoles are when mm-hmm. we're talking about other consoles. Whether it's PlayStation talking about other consoles in quotes, and when Xbox is talking about other consoles in quotes, we all we all know what that means. All right, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, him saying PlayStation is like okay, cool. Like at least we're over that hump, right? Yeah. Like oh, like let's 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 pretend he's talking about Stadia or some shit. Like right. no, he's he's talking about us. Well, you know? I I think the reason he specifically said PlayStation this time is because Activision is a bigger deal than Bethesda. Like. If anybody says otherwise, they are out of their mind. Like, I agree. J- just even look at the numbers. This is ten Bethesda purchases. Like, yep. you need to be more specific with this. So, there is a lot of 
mistrust because of the way they've handled Bethesda in terms of like, I mean, we've only really seen one game confirmed to be exclusive for Xbox in Starfield, Redfall also, but we didn't know about Redfall when the acquisition was made or announced. Um, so unless they have anything else that's coming out in other places, but I'm not expecting it, uh, aside from like re-releases like Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Um, Bethesda titles, like it, it's night and day. Like Elder Scrolls Six is going to be a big deal when it comes out. It will probably be in the top ten. It will be in the top ten best-selling games of the year. But number one that year will be Call of Duty. So like the fact that he says PlayStation, like he got to be at least a little bit more specific with this quote than he was last time because people have that question with the best-selling video game every year, you know? Right. So, um, there's a lot of other unknowns people have and could speculate for hours about what it means for PlayStation, what's coming, what's not coming. Um, We don't have to get in the weeds of it, but where do you stand in your expectations for Activision Blizzard games releasing on anything besides uh, Xbox, PC, mobile, tablets, smart TVs. Um, so PlayStation, again, because we're not talking about Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we get this year's COD, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a chance we get next year's COD. Just depends on how that deal all rolls out, right? And like what mm-hmm. um, that all looks like for, for next year's COD for Treyarch and their turn in mm-hmm. 23 but i think for sure we're not getting 2024 sledgehammers cod i we're I, that's just the stance i'm taking mm-hmm. and that's what i actually believe right that like mm-hmm. um you know uh uh i would have had a very different answer last year but last year happened mm-hmm. i was wrong as shit right mm-hmm. and and this is this is this is the way phil's doing this Mm-hmm. Right, like, 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 this is the game plan. So, yeah. why it would be different? I know we talked about that on my stream, where it's like, yes, there is a, there is a clear difference between Bethesda and Activision in terms of size, scale, dollars, amount of zeros in the end of it, amount mm-hmm. of sales sold, amount of retention from player bases, the size of player bases, hundred percent. But um, at that point, it's like, what is the through line? Is that they own both? They own both. So sure. why not? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I, so why not? Why not? I understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, I think it's interesting because last year I thought you were out of your mind for thinking that yeah. Bethesda would be everywhere. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I'm Crazy. the opposite at this point. I think I truly think that Call of Duty is on that Minecraft level where you they could do whatever they want. They could do anything they're going to change. And I'll, again, I'm going to bring up the Jeff Grubba article in just a minute. But I think... Call of Duty makes a bit more sense where Call of Duty is in that mainstream, sells good no matter what space that, like, MLB is. And I know MLB is on the Sony side, and that's how Sony thinks is different than how Microsoft thinks. But, like, I think you can have an owned franchise exist in multiple places because it just makes more sense. And to me, at least, based off of the poll Call of Duty has, Call of Duty feels like it makes more sense to continue releasing everywhere than it did to 
continue releasing the single player. This is very appealing to our specific niche of gamer experiences like a Starfield or Elder Scrolls, like which are already always sold better, at least with the mainline Bethesda titles on Xbox before the last generation. I don't know where Fallout 4 sold better, but Oblivion, Fallout 3, New Vegas, Skyrim, all sold better on 360. So that's where I'm at with it. I think there's a lot of different permutations of how Call of Duty is released moving forward. I could see a lot of different things happening. Um, I think if it's possible, I could maybe see them try to get this year's COD... I don't think it's going to happen, but I think they could try to get it day one Game Pass. I think they could maybe try make a deal just to gather data. Oh, that's easily going to happen. Yeah. So Easily. easily. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, don't know if like sure. there's a weird legal tape around that with the acquisition ongoing. But if it can happen, I think that will happen this year. Um, so day one Game Pass, if you have it, you have COD. You can buy it for however much it is on PlayStation. And they'll probably see how it does and see what moves get made. Uh, Next year, I think, is the big question mark. Um, But, yeah, I I could see the campaign games going exclusive. I could see Warzone being everywhere because that's an ongoing game. Warzone 2 is not going to get released i think they learned their lesson going from blackout to warzone and seeing how abandoning a a platform is a bad idea so because warzone is in that it exists it's ongoing support seems indefinite at the moment like elder scrolls online and minecraft and fall 76 getting expansions i could see warzone be the thing at the baseline that is still everywhere so I don't yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a sad thing either way. It's just that's where my expectation is at the moment. I I I'll, I'll like give a little like okay, I can at least see the the Warzone side, right? Mm-hmm. Um just cuz that's definitely like a living like processing thing. That's just like not my focus when I talk about COD being exclusive, right? Because like that's just not COD to me. Like it Which is, is funny, COD, you know. It is COD, right? Yeah. But I'm of a I'm of the I'm of guard. the quote-unquote old guard, if you will, yep. yes, mm-hmm. of where COD to me is multiplayer campaign and then the third mode, whether it's zombies or spec ops or – like that is Call of Duty, right? Sure. Warzone is something that like that's – that's that's hey, that's – that's that's I feel old saying this, but like that's what the kids are into. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, they're, they're out – they're out – they're out mm-hmm. – they're all doing that, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Warzone. That's just not that's just not my game, right? That's just not my bag. Yeah. Um so like to like I know it's would be inherently incorrect and I'll say it if if it happens this way of what you're saying, right? Of like I know it's incorrect that COD is fully exclusive on Xbox because Warzone in the reality that you painted would be on yes. PlayStation consoles still, right? Mm-hmm. And that's great and all. To me, though, like inherently, it would still be like COD exclusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I get that. Um, even though, like, I-, I know that's factually wrong. Yeah, but which, in an essence, like that's what it would be to me. You know? I I think is also funny because I do not follow Call of Duty like at all. I see what the new game is this year. I see who's on. It's like okay, cool. Yeah. And I needles never moved, so I could be completely wrong. But considering how big Warzone is on Twitch and just 
streaming and the fact that it's been a persistent Call of Duty. You know how, like, before, if it was a bad COD, people would fall back to, like, the favorite that released last. Like, that's yeah. kind of Warzone right now, it seems like. And I don't know what concurrents are, but if you go strictly off of that, is Warzone just the Call of Duty now? Like... I know right. what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I think the numbers might suggest that, like, hey, Warzone's COD, and then this other yeah. thing, just yeah, we're doing it because it's what we've done forever, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you're absolutely not wrong in that, right? And like, even like where I get COD coverage from, like, I don't even, I don't specifically follow Warzone either. You know, like, 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 like that's how deep it goes, right? Where, yeah. where it's like, I still follow the old guard, the old COD commentaries that are still in the game for Zero Two Thunder, Blame Truth, etc. Right? Like, like those guys, um, ex- exclusive Ace as well is a great source too. Like, I still follow those guys on YouTube, right? That Drifter, shout out to Drifter. Um, like, th- they also cover traditional COD. Right, like their focus is not really Warzone. Like sometimes they'll cover Warzone, but like that's not the majority of their coverage of COD. Right, as opposed to the Twitch scene, right, the um, Tim the Tatman, etc. Right, like mm-hmm. like those guys, like they're on Warzone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and their and their numbers are higher. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the the like it's it's no doubt that like Warzone has become like more dominant than the. We've talked about that where, oh, where it's like I feel have, like yeah. yeah, we're like the old six v six is dying. <laughs> Low key. You yeah. know. And yeah. I, I think I even remember conversations where we like I think I might have suggested like could you see a world where like Warzone is the concurrent COD and then like they add campaign additions to Warzone? Like I, I think like that type of thing's been brought up before, I think specifically because of what Black Ops 4 was a few years ago where there was no campaign it was just traditional multiplayer and their first attempt at a battle royale which i hear nobody talk about black ops 4 ever i forget it exists but it was a very weird moment for call of duty and activision that i think sort of didn't trigger anything but like maybe was like an early sign i think the first sign of like people being like hmm Something's different with Call of Duty, or like something's changing, something has to change, and then Warzone happened. So, yeah, it's a weird concept, um, but I think if we look at Xbox and their strategy, uh, I think what we're about to get into with the Jeff Grubb article makes a bit of sense for why this went through and the weird pains of Call of Duty lately. So... There's one other element of the conversation the other day that I would like to bring up before reading the article. We don't have to go into it. But, again, another small silver lining plus is that many people are speculating that because of how Xbox handles its acquisitions, its studios, a lot of what do you feel you do best, what do you want to do, that some of the still existing studios that have been slapped onto we all have to be doing Call of Duty could have the freedom to do something else. Uh, And again, Mm -hmm. we haven't even touched on Blizzard yet, but (laughs) um, specifically the Call of Duty conversation happened. Um, And then like the studios of Beanox, High Moon, Toys for Bob, all them were in that like, hey, what if? So I want to shift to today. This is the only article about the situation of a new piece of 
the story I've seen today and I've read today. So via GamesBeat, Jeff Grubb uh, did a very good write-up that I will link in the description of the podcast this week because we're pulling a lot from it. But the article is Activision Blizzard wanted to sell, so it approached Microsoft. Buckle up, Kevin. Okay. Activision Blizzard leadership and key ownership wanted to sell and was shopping itself around. In early November, the company brought that proposition to Microsoft. Xbox began working on the deal immediately, and the details came together over the holidays. Now the two companies, as we've talked about today, uh, are going through with their agreement. Um, And then Jeff Grubb posits, like, how did the COD king come to this like point in their company culture that they feel they need to sell. So Jeff Grubb explains the situation currently is the fact that Activision Blizzard's future was more uncertain than ever, and not only because of the investigations, but making massive blockbuster games was reaching an unsustainable level. While the publisher continues to have some of the biggest hits in the world, it has found it more challenging to commit resources to games outside of the COD brand. In an industry where talent is in high demand, Activision struggled to attract the, the people that actually make the games. The company needed a reset, and that led and that led its leadership to consider a possibility of selling to a larger corporation. This might seem counterintuitive because Activision is responsible for the biggest franchise in the console space. Just yesterday, NPD Group confirmed COD Vanguard was the number one best-selling game in the U.S. in 2021. Number two was Black Ops Cold War. Activision's biggest problem is that it had no obvious vector for growth. Over the course of the pandemic, Activision's revenue grew, and the publisher responded by reinvesting into Call of Duty. That continued a trend where, instead of a single annual COD product launch, the publisher peeled out parts of that product into a free-to-play battle royale shooter and a mobile version. All these parts are successful, but they are also all likely encountering uphill, upward climb in terms of growth. The pandemic is seeing occasional stutters and gaming can can no longer reply on people being stuck in their home to turn on their consoles and phones. So the effort to truly ensure bigger returns in Call of Duty's future is to put a lot of development effort into improving the games. This is the biggest problem for Activision. The industry is flush with cash for senior devs that no longer uh, want to work at a toxic work environment. It is difficult to make bigger and better games every year with fewer and less experienced developers. This is where Activision traditionally would have turned to Blizzard, but is facing a potential grimmer future. WoW is bleeding subscribers. Uh, People are making exoduses to different companies. Uh, Blizzard has delayed the release of Diablo Immortal, Diablo 4, and Overwatch 2. Uh, He concludes that Activision Blizzard is in a deep hole, and the current leadership did not want to dig its way out. Um, Activision's creative model was only ever possible in an industry where talent was so abundant and not willing to sacrifice that they would put up with low pay and frat boy leadership. It is not a coincidence that the company's disintegration accelerated the moment the pandemic caused the labor market to tighten up. The concern is now uh, consolidation. Does Microsoft have too much power? Activision was independent, and it was known for treating employees poorly, and as women and minority employees even worse. The glimmer of hope is that Microsoft's alternate incentive and structure of Game Pass with its subscription fee will unlock some of the creativity of the devs that Activision smothered with annual COD releases. So. Activision wanted to sell. COD was becoming unsustainable. With the format they've had for so long. And they turned to Microsoft to try and restructure, change that, make Activision and their franchises marketable, 
quality and be more than just Call of Duty. So that is the reasoning behind the sale. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Um, like <laughs> it, like I don't know. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I. I mean, as a COD fan, like hearing that going to Xbox with the hope and expectation that things will change, structures will change, and like what Sean Layden said about AAA games a while ago, like the current plan that everybody's on is unsustainable. So yeah. Call of Duty, the biggest selling game every year, can't be that anymore if it's operating the way it is because it's just impossible to get better. So I know you you haven't been super into the last few cons. So hearing this, hearing that they do want to put quality first and whatever repercussions that means in terms of release rate or however it goes, how does that hit you? Um, Yeah, like I... I feel that I just have like a different perspective and like and and like have heard different arguments and I've felt even different arguments involving COD and like how it changes or doesn't change year to year, right? And like um I think yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't I don't know if I have like a lot to add. I just know that like from from like from my perspective like it seemed like uh you know, the the problem with COD is not, like, the money it makes, right? Like, I know, like, eventually that will start to plummet given the other problems that, that the that the series has currently in terms of, um, in terms of this, this maybe something that, like, doesn't really, like, d- like, that it doesn't sound like it would affect COD, but things like skill-based matchmaking, things like, the emphasis being put into Warzone and not being put into the core COD, like, although, like, on paper, you would probably not see a drop in sales and everything, like, it is causing an effect of, like, what type of players are continuing to play multiplayer, right? And, and like, how many of them, right? Um, I don't, I don't, like, I, I, I wouldn't say, like, it's because of, like, the raw quality of the game. I still feel like, the quality is still there overall, but I do think that like the way they have organized COD in these later releases in terms of like little things like for example, like um uh breaking up lobbies after every game now, instead of keeping you in a given lobby until you decide to back out, right? Like it's 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 little things like that that add on to like what I think would have like eventually became a huge problem for COD overall, right? Like a little bit of like a death by a thousand cuts type of scenario. Sure. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's stuff like their like reliance on like really, really trying to sell skins. Like even, even things like the, uh, play of the game screens and like even the menu system where it's your character walking you see all the other avatars walking like all of those things are there to get you as a player to see different skins and want different skins and go buy different skins like it's all meant there to support the microtransactions and not there to be a good aspect of call of duty yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah. there's that front also, but I think what's interesting about what uh, Jeff Grubb writes in his article is that, like, we see more and more higher-ups break off. Like, I, th- I think since the pandemic started, there's been, like, maybe, like, a couple every quarter of 
some well-known developer from a Naughty Dog or an EA or a, a Ubisoft break off and say, hey, we're starting our own independent development company. And you got some stacked names, you got some stacked talent on there. And it's because they want to be their own bosses, right? And when it comes to Activision, who's creating the best-selling game every year, like if you're if all these other industry veterans are creating their own um, studios and not wanting to fill higher-up roles at companies that are bad, what does that do for the employees you are hiring, for people who are less experienced? And eventually that'll lead to how the product turns out. So like if Call of Duty is already having these problems in terms of what you're talking about and then continuing this just business as usual, if you don't have people who are experienced, who are excited and want to work there, then you run into problems that will just lead to the game quality being worse and... I mean, just, I know it was because the pandemic started, but there were rumors a couple of years ago that COD wasn't even going to make it for November that year, right? Yeah, I think shit. Which one, which COD was that? I, was it was it Cold War? Low-key, I think it was Cold War, because Cold War was a sledgehammer game at first, and then that got botched, and Treyarch had to come in like eight, like eight months away from launch and scrap together a COD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which like in it itself, yo, is even is even crazy that they even got it out the door. But yeah, it was it was it was that COD where like people were like shit. Like there might not be a COD in November, but I was still on like yo, there's there's no way Activision would allow a COD to miss an annual <laughs> release. Like 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 there's no shot. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna put it out regardless if it's good or bad. They don't care. Yeah, so that's what I think what's interesting when it comes to the Xbox side, right? Because if Xbox is taking up leadership and decision-making for how they handle all the Activision franchises. Um, and Activision sold because they felt like currently they couldn't like really keep going at this rate and having this structure. There have been people who have brought up Discord become every other year. What happens with that? And I know that sounds absurd to think, but I, I think... It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Obviously, we're getting a Call of Duty this year. We're probably getting a Call of Duty next year. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, if the solution is we have to make a more sustainable development period for Call of Duty, I think you just look at, like, what Ubisoft did, right? Where Assassin's Creed quality was shooting down. People were leaving left and right. Nobody was buying them anymore, which that's going to take a lot longer to happen to COD. But if you see it going down that path, Ubisoft might have did it a little too late, but like it's still they were able to turn around Assassin's Creed to be really celebrated now. I I could I would hear people out if they think it's gonna take a break for even just a year, but I I know that it's a bonkers thing to think about. Um, but the thing is, I think Microsoft can afford that, you know, which is the thing that you have to take into account with everything, but. I, I know you following COD forever. What is a world if a Call of Duty does not release in the year of our Lord, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've never... Well, yeah, I mean, like, PS2 days, yeah, but, like... Sure, yeah. Ever since I've had a PS3, a COD has released eagerly. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, like, yeah, like, 
I I hear you that like Microsoft can like take the hit to not release a COD, right? Like I get that. At the same point, it's like, why would they though? Why would they not? Well, I mean, I think it's right there in the Jeff Grubb thing. It's just currently they can't like like it's not sustainable anymore. The way Call of Duty works, like it's just gonna get diminishing returns in terms of either quality or anything else because of the way that development works for these games and the cycle they've been on yeah i mean i don't know man like 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 both cods topped npd they're still selling the the cod fan base is still going to buy a call like that's what they're conditioned to do and if it's there they'll do it right Mm-hmm. Like, what I mean by that is like, if it, if a COD is launching, the COD fan base will 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 buy it. They will buy it. It will sell, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my thought is like, well, shit. Like, yeah, okay. Like the the Jeff Cup stuff is is probably way more substantiated, obviously, than like whatever I say, right? Just mm-hmm. as a fan, right? Um, so I mean, if he has that's sources how it saying is. that that's how the company's been operating and that's why the sale yeah. happened, you know, like. Yeah, it's, it's major yeah. for Call of Duty's owner to sell, right? Like there has to be some reason behind it that's not good. Or I figured like it was coming. I figured it was more because of the Bobby Kodak and like impending stuff like that. To I be th- honest with you, I, I to be think honest, like, I mean, that's he, what I thought. It was like, yo, like we like got to save COD. Period. Like, you know, so if 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 we can't get Bobby out, that means we got to switch uh, management and 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 and. And sell, then we'll sell. Well, that's what I think is interesting about his article is that if we take that in hindsight, like the board didn't want Bobby gone, you know, and like if the board thinks Kai is in trouble, they'd get Bobby gone. So like if if they thought Bobby was the problem. So like I don't think it's the problem. I think honestly the reason if the harassment lawsuits or anything have anything to do with this, which they definitely do, I think it's just in terms of how much they had to pay. Like they probably got a couple billion off because of the bad press they've had for a while. Because, like, if the sources that are close to the inside of this are saying that, like, COD isn't sustainable, it's not a good environment at the moment, and just it can't grow, like, it sounds like, at least according to his write-up, like, the board didn't want to fix it, so they just gave up because they don't want to put in the work to make COD sustainable. Yeah, they said it wasn't sus- sustainable for Activision alone, right? Mm-hmm. Is it now sustainable for Microsoft? I don't know, but you know, like I, I feel like if if there's a reality where like, yeah, cool, it wasn't working for you guys, but that's fine. We can make this shit work. I we mean, can make I, it annual, and I, and I, we can put an annual COD uh, uh, product on Game Pass every November and get people. Getting in the Game Pass and staying in the Game Pass for Call of Duty? Absolutely. Let's fucking do it. Right, but I think based right? off of what we know about the structure of Activision and the, the cycle of Call of Duty at the moment, like, you can't magically make that fix, right? Like, you have to weed out the management positions, the people in higher positions, decision-making positions that are making it difficult and making it a toxic culture, and then still hire and onboard people to fill those roles and make it better. Right. Like, that doesn't happen overnight, even right. with that, Microsoft's endless amounts of money. So, like, you need time right. to make that change. So, if it's not sustainable that, the way it is, like, 
I don't know. I, I think there's a world where even going to Microsoft, like, we might have a year without a COD. Nope. <laughs> I'll no. make a bet with you right now. Let's 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 fucking do it. Cause uh I like everything that you're you're saying is negative with Activision and like it taking time, it will happen. It will happen. But Kevin, it's not Activision We're making the call. We're gonna anymore. get a That's COD this year. We're gonna get a COD next year. And then the year after that, when it's fully transitioned and they've had two years to to iron out the kinks and deal with that and hire whoever they got hired, it's it's Microsoft, right? Like, right? I mean, I mean, they're 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 right. I mean, shit. If 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 they're willing to buy this, right? I don't think that their intention is to not capitalize on having Call of Duty exclusive that they own. I think they're going to capitalize on that, you know, and and it's yeah, it the annual thing wasn't working for them by themselves. What's it going to look like when uh, Xbox re refigures and redoes, you know, management at Activision and and when they iron and when they iron out those kinks, there you, you the 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 outcome is is not having a COD product every year on Game Pass? I mean, that's the thing that really? I, I don't know how they'd handle it because what I'm saying is, like, I, I think as soon as the deal goes through, they need to take the time to make it all fix, you know, and, like, f- go through everything. Like, I think in that period, there's a chance that the, it slips a year because, like... So does my, Activision stop making CODs in the meantime? Maybe. There's not going to be one prep for... There, there's not going to be one... What Sledgehammer going to do? What's Infinity War going to do? Which They already have established studios that are designed to do that. They have three core studios that are designed, actually four with Raven. And they're bleeding and talent, Warzone. though, so who's going to make it? That's the thing. The business just, just just doesn't stop because an acquisition is happening, as far as I'm aware. Right? Isn't Raven on strike? Nobody's working. They're, Warzone's still a, a, a game that you can play right now, Christian. There's still employees that are working on COD. Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is if that isn't a sustainable thing, and like I, I think don't be surprised if there's a year without Call of Duty in the next three years. I think that is a very real possibility, especially if the current structure that's been this way for so long has to be completely uprooted to be fixed. And like, again, Microsoft can afford it. It wasn't Halo Infinite the most expensive game ever made. Isn't that a thing? I think so. Something like that. I don't know. That was but Halo to be is their... not in a... is Halo is Halo an annualized franchise? No, but it's it's Xbox's biggest okay. thing. It's their system seller, and they made is it the an call... annualized franchise. Is it an annualized franchise? Kevin, you know what I'm saying right now. Is it an annualized franchise? Is it's there a president where where Halo? Okay, then. Call of okay, Duty did, wasn't always an annualized one either, though. That's the thing. Like, it's a it's a franchise that if it's bleeding and hemorrhaging. Microsoft has the ability to eat that cost and not put it out the next year to reestablish how Call of Duty works and operates on its development side to make it sustainable. And if it goes back to yearly, then great. But I think that time that they have to take, that's a big thing. Going through every single employee in a higher position, evaluating people, removing them, getting new people in, that's a long time. And it's not just for one of the studios. It's for all of the Call of Duty makers. Like, that's a lot of people. Activision has a lot of employees. I, I think 
regardless of if they take it to be annual again or not, I do think there will probably be one year where there's a break or maybe you just get a remaster of something. I don't know, but like no new game. Like, I don't know. I I think this is going to be a big effort if this was the reason they sold and Xbox again is Halo's not annualized, but if it's the most expensive game ever made and they were like, give it another year, this probably would have helped our console a lot more at launch, but we made the choice because we can afford it. They can afford one year without a Call of Duty. It's not happening. I'll I will put up a game, two games, three games. What do you want? Five games? What you want? Ten games? Let me know. It's not happening. Well, what what do you think the what do you think the solution is then? It's just a couple more bad Call of Duties until they're good finally. No, it's because like the cards are still going to come out. The cards are still going to be under under the the under development like it's not like sledgehammer and fane award and track are, are, are just going to chill out while this whole why thing not? gets settled out why not they could work on pre-production for something else what no like bro really you 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 think that they're just gonna not work on anything until june 2023 and then they're gonna restructure and then they're gonna get then they're gonna get back to work like you 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 really don't think that that there there's gonna be a sledgehammer cod in twenty twenty four or a track or a cod and track in twenty twenty three like they're gonna be working all up until this thing is done and then they're gonna restructure and then they're gonna figure it out but in well then but, there's but still gonna come a time but, where nobody can be working on a Call of Duty because they they don't have enough staff like it's gonna happen eventually there will be a year without a Call of Duty I'm not saying it's this right. year I'm not saying it's next year but like once the acquisition is through. And Xbox can make the call, or Microsoft can make the call. They could just say, like, hey, you two, axe that project. Games get canceled all the time. This this team is going to be making the only Call of Duty release between the next two years. You One of you can do a different game. You were restructuring next to have your game out two years after this next one comes. Like, that is a thing that can be done, you know? Like, games get canceled. I know even Call of Duty, like... A week ago, nobody would have said that Call of Duty's owner would have been bought. Anything is possible. A Call of Duty can not be released in a year. Nope. <laughs> nope. We can just agree to disagree and move on if you want. Nah. There will be a COD. Yeah, it's called Warzone. Because <laughs> why would... Yeah, no. No. We, we, we've gone over every angle. It is what it is. No. I mean, I think that's you want, supposed you to be want the, a that's what, bet, though. I mean, that's what Warzone's supposed to be. It's supposed like if Warzone's the main Call of Duty game, you can have a year because people will still play Warzone. Put some more content out for it, sure. But in terms of a sixty dollars, seventy dollars Call of Duty package, like if Warzone's the draw, like coast on Warzone, put out a rematch. Like it'll happen. There will be a year without a call, a new Call of Duty, sometime within probably two or three years once the deal is finished. Putting out a remaster is still a new COD. No, it's not, I don't know Kevin. why you keep saying it. Yeah. Modern Warfare remaster. This is as far as I'm aware. Brand new COD, sir. It's not a It's not a next-gen update for COD 4 that came out in 2007. That's a that's a new title that had new content in there. That's a, that's a Kevin, new Kevin, I know for a fact you've told me that, like, certain... Like, a re-release is not a new game. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. That's a lie. You have straight up been against yeah, me is. on that before. When? When? 
any Nintendo remaster last year. Oh, don't you want a new game? That's not a new game. No, because they didn't do anything with that trilogy that you. I'm talking about Zelda. I'm talking about Zelda. They were updates to Windmaker. When did I say that wasn't a new game? I'm talking about Skyward Sword last year. Yeah, I mean, so, Skyward Sword. When did I say that wasn't a new game? In the direct, we watched it. I said, "Oh, sweet. Wouldn't you want a new Zelda for the year?" That's it's the same exact thing, Kevin. I don't know. You you making a lot of claims. I said some things. I don't know. I don't know if I said these things though. But but uh uh yeah no that's that's. If there's work done on that, if it's not a port, that's a that's a released game, sir. That's a released game, you know. And I'm not even trying to say like that as like a scapegoat. I'm I still think that like no, there there will be a new COD continuing moving forward. Simple as that. A remaster is not a new game, but we're moving on. Um, a remaster is definitely a new game. No, it's definitely a new game. Definitely a new game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, 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 uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's it. That's it. So when it comes to the hope, at least, that people have about, uh, some of the studios being freed up, you don't believe any of them are going to? Mm. Not, not, I, I would just be hesitant. Because like a lot of people are saying, oh yay, Toys for Bob is free. Oh yay, this and the I third mean, is free. Vicarious Visions, like oh like not, like we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Like like let's just hold up on that. Like a lot of people are claiming that's just you know as 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 dry as ink on the paper. You know, I, I don't mean, I don't think y'all should be really, you know, just 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 jumping on that as like a sure shot. I mean, if you, you know? look at what Jeff Grubb is saying, also like. Toys for Bob has only been on Call of Duty for like when Crash Four came out was that twenty twenty? Yeah, I think. that was end of twenty twenty. So they've been on Call of Duty for like a lit like fourteen months since Crash launched. COD existed fine before then. Like, and if to me seeing the Jeff Grubb article now, it sounds like Activision's idea of fixing this unsustainability of it was just slapping Toys for Bob on it, which, like, clearly didn't work if they decided to sell the company, you know? So, I don't know. I, I feel like there is a world, and I'm kind of expecting it, that maybe not all of the ones. I know High Moon is a different studio than it was in, like, 2011 when it was making weird games, but, like... Because High Moon did Destiny support for a while also, and they I think they switched to Call of Duty in, like, 20... Like, early PS4 gen. Um... Like, it might be harder to immediately remove them from it, but, like, Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions, who's now been brought into um, Blizzard as a support studio, that, again, reading what this write-up about how Activision was looking at their upcoming timeline, it sounds like that was their answer, and it didn't work. So if Xbox, Microsoft, if their role is to come in and make it sustainable and make it work... It didn't work as much as it did now when they were still on other projects, you know? So, like, I, I think there's a world where maybe not all of the teams, but some of the teams can get back to doing stuff they care about because it's more than just Call of Duty, right? Like, we don't have to get into Blizzard because you and I have nothing to talk yeah, about with Blizzard. Yeah, I got none on Blizzard. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, yeah. guys. I got, I, got, I got none to say on Blizzard. I like Overwatch a lot, mm-hmm. but... 
That's about it. Like, Crash Bandicoot sold stupidly well with the remaster. And for underperformed based off of the expectations of the remaster and Crash Team Racing. But I think Crash is still an incredibly valuable franchise to hold to the point where I don't see Xbox doing nothing with Crash Bandicoot the way that Activision was going to moving forward. Like, I, I Crash is like one of the gaming icons and Insane Trilogy sold like, I don't know the numbers, but it was it was at the top of the charts for I feel like like eight months straight. Like, Crash is a valuable IP to hold. So if it's an Activision studio or not, I think a Crash game happens, but like, now go ahead do you know how crash 4 sold no i don't know numbers they are not that great crash 4 did not sell that great so yes the insane trilogy sold great Mm -hmm. absolutely but i think another side of the coin as to why toaster bot got 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 moved to warzone was that crash 4 did not sell that great i'm gonna get numbers for you Mm -hmm. so you know if you want to if you want to combat that i can get some facts going Okay. But uh, so, here we go. Crash 4 sales are 80% lower mm-hmm. than the Insane Trilogy. Crash 4 did not light the world on fire. So I know. Well, you, you know, have to take into everyone account. Everyone can say, oh, mm-hmm. Activision moved Toys or Bob off of Crash to, to work on COD because they want to feel the COD thing. Absolutely, that's the side of it. I don't think we can just say that's the end all. Okay, Crash well, 4 there's not, other... Crash 4 did not do well. There's other things Go around ahead. Crash 4 because Crash 4 was also a new game. It was an old formula and it was $60 where the Insane Trilogy was three games for 40 Like, there were there was an uphill thing against Crash. I don't know what came out around it. If it was 2020 fall... Um, like, the, 2020 fall was massive. That was the launch of next gen. So, like... Crash came out, I think, October-ish. Like, I'm not making excuses for Crash Bandicoot underperforming, but I think there are other <laughs> things to consider with those sales. Because people were really That's upset fair. that it was one Crash game for 60 bucks, styled the way the old ones were, where you got three for 40 Because Crash Team Racing and you, also did really well, and that wasn't really a remake. And you know what's crazy, too? You know what's crazy, too? What's, what's, what's Crash 4's Metacritic? Because, let me see this. Let me see real quick. Let me see. 85. Okay. Pretty good score. I would I would even say it should be even like a little bit higher. I loved Crash 4. Yeah, it's great. Crash 4 is incredible. Mm-hmm. Crash 4 is a fucking awesome game, you know? Um, so, you know, do like do do we know if a Crash would, would work today? I think if so, yeah. It's a just brand new one in 2020 didn't. That was just two years ago, three years ago, two and a half years ago. I, I think it's the fact of just positioning because Activision doesn't know how to handle something that's not a Call of Duty or a remake. Because also, the other thing is being brought into Xbox, the matter of sales don't matter. It's it's bolstering Game Pass. Like, that's it. Like, if you have a brand new Crash Bandicoot game on Game Pass that a studio just wanted to make and they gave them the funding for it, look at, like, any of the other acquisitions they've made in terms of releasing on Game Pass and, like, Double Fine has free reign to do whatever. Psychonauts didn't light the world on fire in terms of sales. Psychonauts 3 is probably going to happen because that's what Tim Schafer is passionate about. And that game le- like leaves open an open door. So I-, I think Crash Bandicoot and Spyro even, 
are still valuable IP because they're iconic niches of the game community that can just expand what is offered in Game Pass. So I don't think that's like binding by just sales because that's just how Game Pass is and operates now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's easy to assume that like, well, you you guys will get Insane Trilogy and Crash Four on Game Pass, right? Absolutely, but like, um, I just would hold up and like, I don't, I don't know if y'all should be really like assuming almost that uh, you know, these old teams get formed and 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 new brand and and whole brand new games get made for this. I I just don't know if that's something that happens. You think you know? this is not going to be a new Crash game ever? I don't think it's crazy to to think that there won't be. I don't know. You know? Like I don't I don't I don't understand the like oh because like it's because they bought it, right? It's going to happen. You know? I mean, like, I think the excitement I think, is I think, the fact I think that it can just because slow Activision down. hasn't you know? a- Crash was dead under Activision now. Have have they revived a dead IP? Well, not dead IP, but like, have they, have they, have they, um, Xbox? Is there, is there an example that's happening during this Game Pass era? Perfect Dark. Checkmate. You got me. Checkmate. Checkmate. That's the entire point of Game Pass. And that's what, like, why I brought up the grub thing. Cause, like, at the end of the article, he talks about the sustainability of everything with the Call of Duty structure. Like, they have the freedom to not be tied to this game sold X number so we can make a sequel. You know, like Crash is an iconic face of gaming. And I know that can be brushed away as like that's the old guard or whatever. But like a brand new, like modernly designed Crash Bandicoot game, I can, I do think could sell really well and sell. Shit, it didn't with Crash 4 and we fucking but, got no, but that. Kevin, so what I'm saying, I don't Cra- know what you're saying. Like, no, listen, like you keep describing what we got two and a half years ago and it didn't work. Kevin, people Crash, didn't give a fuck. No, people didn't care. Crash 4, you know? Crash 4. I tried to tell people. I tried. Kevin, Crash tried 4 people. is a game designed with the ideas of 1998. It's, did you hear me talk about Crash 4? Did you play Crash 4? You, you, hey, you definitely did. I don't like, think like, that's a bad there thing. There was some cool ass shit in that game. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but It was what? not just a part of just like insane trilogy. It really wasn't. Technically, I don't like that no, you keep saying Kevin, that. It really I, I'm talking it was about like awesome. the way the it, game exists. It's a, it's a looking at the back of a character moving forward in a series of hallways. Like that's not the type of platformers that do well anymore. Like Look at what Nintendo's doing. They're branching out with a lot of their franchises to do 3D games now because that's what sells. Like, a modern design philosophy Crash Bandicoot could sell very well. It's the fact that Crash 4 was a game that was designed in line with the old series, which was already getting stale by 3. Is it $60 price point? Is it launching near new consoles? Is it launching near new games? Which one is it? Kevin, it's all of these things. It doesn't have to be just one. That's how things work. And not everything's in a bubble. Like Crash 4, I think... I was disappointed when they said it was just going to be like the old games. Like, I was hoping for a Mario Odyssey-style open-world 3D Crash game. If that is a thing that can happen in the next five years... That will sell better than Crash 4. I guarantee you. Oh, are you sure? Absolutely. Uh, are you sure? All right. We will We will definitely return to that because the Insane Trilogy sold very well, Christian. I hate to say it. Nostalgia. 
Say it with me. Nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? That's the main reason why those games sold. Oh, and for those like me who uh, were always interested in in Crash Lever, but like didn't want to play the old iterations or or just didn't have access to those, right? Um, they were able to get them in a more spruced version, right? So that's what I attribute those to. But do you hear people asking for a new Crash game? Do you hear people asking for yeah. um uh you know like a new like reinvention of Crash? Where? Yes. Where? In those that haven't played Crash Four. Where? People who like Crash Bandicoot. Really? They're, yes. They, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're out there. Yes. They're out there. They they want they want like a rematch because they would all have pulled up with Crash Four, right? Crash Four wasn't a reinvention, though. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> oh my god! All right. Bet. Crash has always sold well. That's the thing. Like all of the I, games, they persisted for a while across a different. They all, few they all, they all, they all sold well. What happened to Crash Four? What did it sell? What was the number it sold? Give me a moment. Because listen, two million. If it's two million, that's good. That's bad for Activision. It's a manner of how it's presented. That's the thing. Two million. I just pulled out. I don't know what the actual numbers are, but like. I, it, it is based off positioning because you are correct that insane trilogy sold that well based off nostalgia so when they made a new game that is a in line to a t with the way those games work <laughs> and ran in modern day it just looks nicer it's not going to sell well because that's a boring type of game it was really great at what it did but it's not exciting sonic had to adapt mario had to adapt it's i think time for crash to adapt Four was like a Insane. love letter. It wasn't a new reinvention. Insane Trilogy sold 520,000 units in the first day. Mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot 4 sold 402,000 digital units in its first month. Okay. Do you have lifetime sales? That's what I asked for. I can check on lifetime sales, but you did not say lifetime sales. You just said sales, sir. Well, what do you, you if I you ask you that. how did Call of Duty Black Ops 4 sell, you're going to tell me how it sold in the first month? I think that's a good representation of showing you how much people did not give a fuck about a new Crash game. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you why. Ones. You know what I'm saying? No, what I'm going to tell you is that like I don't think Crash has that type of... You're oof. out of your mind. Do you know how you know what, like, what the fervor was before the Insane Trilogy came out? People were crying Yeah, because it's the Insane Trilogy, bro, because they want... No, because before they, they then... They want to relive that. No, before then, people were just asking for Crash to come back. It wasn't like, hey, we want the trilogy redone. It was like, just bring back Crash, do a new Crash game. And their answer was, we're redoing the trilogy. I so even remember at the time, trophy, some people were upset, and they were like, oh, man, I, I wish it was a new one. But the Insane Trilogy is good. So, of course, it sold so little, so there aren't official things. But what I do have is a Reddit post that someone that got the trophy counts and the achievement counts of crash 4 and it tops out at 830,000 across ps4 and xbox one has even cracked a million yeah because it's a game that's designed like the old ones without the nostalgia of the old ones that doesn't work sonic had that too sonic 4 was made 15 years after sonic 3 flopped they didn't even finish it they got two releases out of it because it was episodic, and they're like, actually, you know what? Never mind, because nobody wants this. It's old. There's no nostalgia here. That's the exact same thing. And Sonic is 
thriving? I don't know. With <laughs> newer releases now, like I think Crash can be huge. It just has to be positioned that way and not like a game that from 10 years ago, even if it's good. There's plenty of good games that don't sell well, like in big franchises even. Like I I don't I feel like you're underselling the the pull that Crash can have if positioned well. Because Crash is a bigger mascot than anything Xbox. It's bigger than Banjo. Bigger than Conquer. I just like... It's like you have a completely different view of Crash 4 than I do. Like, I saw marketing for that game a lot. It was all over the place on State of Play and different other events and everything. And it was... It, 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 it seemed like it got what you are projecting that it didn't get. And it didn't sell. So... But do you understand the distinction you know I'm saying? making? Involving how like the 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 like raw gameplay is more atoned to the original trilogy as opposed to what it could be in something new? Yes. That's why I'm saying it didn't sell well. Cause it's an old right, game we'll, with no nostalgia. We'll, we'll see if it even gets another shot, but I am once again not so sure everyone should just be like Ooh, real, real fucking jazzed about these. I know what this is. This is just a Sony fan who's upset that their old mascot changed. It's really not. It's really not. I did not have a crash affinity. I didn't have any sort of crash affinity before I played it. I don't care. I didn't care before. I'm kidding. kidding. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I loved Crash 4 as someone who purchased a new fucking crash and supported it full price, but a lot of people didn't. But. Apparently, there's a lot of people asking for new shit in Crash. I ask, where the fuck were you with Crash 4? Where the fuck were you? The game didn't fucking sell. You know? So, if it if it didn't sell on a new iteration, I get of what it could be, right? What yeah, because... What I, it could be. I, I even see that as more of a fucking risk. Because what... Y'all, so, it's definitely going to sell if we do a major risk and, like, do something drastically different, right? Like... That's that's for sure gonna get sales. Like not that like another IP has ever tried to do something different and it flops, right? Not every game can be a Breath of the Wild. Not every game can be a God of War. You yeah, know? I'm sometimes saying, the people mm-hmm. just don't care, and it seems like the Crash community just does not, or not really there other than, other than nostalgia. I mean, Crash Team Racing sold really well too, and that wasn't nostalgia. That's a series it, that exists, but it's a new it, entry. It sold really well. Did it? Yeah. Did it? Wasn't that a remaster? No. Crash Team Racing wasn't from wasn't built off the crux of the old game. No, it was new mechanics. It had returning maps like Mario Kart does, but new mechanics, new structure, new roster, new maps. Like it's so, a racing game. Like it's a crash natural, kart game. Natural Field is not a direct in the same vein as Insane Trilogy. No, it's a new entry in the Crash Racing series. I always thought it was just a just kind of like a remake of the uh, the original. No, it's a new game with returning maps. The way Mario Kart Eight is a new Mario Kart game with GameCube maps. Like, if you want to dock it on that, fine, I guess. But like Mario Kart. Does so that. wait, 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 wait. Is it so? Is it like Insane Trilogy? No, it's a new game. A brand new game. It's a brand new game. In the Crash Team Racing series. So then why does Wikipedia say the game is a remastered version of the Crash Team Racing, which was originally developed by Naughty Dog? 
because it doesn't have all the content of that. It's a new thing. It has content from that game and Nitro Kart and other Crash-related things. Like, it's... That feels reductive. So, is the Wikipedia wrong? I'm not trying to reduct it. I'm just trying to ask. No, I'm saying the Wikipedia thing feels reductive because I don't think they ever positioned it as a remake, ever. Um, Hmm. Interesting. I always thought it was a remaster. That's what I've always heard from like... It's definitely not a remaster. I mean, like a like a like a insane trilogy type thing. Not that I know of, because I, as far as I'm aware, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel, the new one, is substantially different from the other entries in the racing series. The way that Insane Trilogy is not substantially different from Eurogamer Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel is a gold standard remaster capturing the lovable janky off brands. Uh, Spirit of classic CTR and then some. Crash Team Racing Natural Fuel Review, a generous remaster of a cult classic. I just want to get, I just get the bomb of it. Like, is it a brand new game? I thought it was listed as a new game. I think it's a remaster, Christian. I'm seeing from a lot of people that this is a remaster. Denofgeek.com. Crash Team Racing Natural Fuel Review, a well-made remaster. Crash Team... Crash Team Racing Nitro Field is an excellent recreation of the original and reminds us why we still love kart racing. I don't think... Now, if there's new content, there there's new content. I hear there you. There is new right? content. There's new racers, yeah, new tracks, sure. and, and a completely different progression system. So, like... But, like, mostly... <laughs> it's from the old game. I guess, but, like, I, there's old Mario yeah. Kart maps and new Mario Karts more than new maps so like i don't understand why it's a because the the actual mechanics of the game are different also so like i don't understand why it's being called a remaster anyway um yeah yo i'm seeing side by sides yeah i don't know but the point of it is i'm just mad that no one bought crash 4 that's why i'm mad well kevin i'm telling you why nobody bought it and you're telling me that it's wrong (laughs) i don't think anyone bought it because i don't think anyone cares then why did the other ones sell so well? You can because say nostalgia. nostalgia. Okay. It's fucking nostalgia. Okay. We, 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 well, people, why else? People have nostalgia for Mario, and that's why they buy new ones. Okay. So you're telling We're me... We're going to really sit here and compare Mario and Crash? People have done it. Like... Okay, but are we really going to act like that? those are one-to-one? Okay, Sonic. Really? Mr. Mr. Nintendo? Are we, are we really going to sit here and say that? Mar- I would never even say that. In the 90s, it was, but compare them to Sonic today. Okay, are we in the 90s, bro? I mean, it's a it's a comparison. It's are we in before, the 90s? Kevin, give me a goddamn break. I'm saying <laughs> Sonic and Crash, okay? People okay. got nostalgia for Sonic. Not every Sonic fan buys every goddamn Sonic game. Same thing with Pokemon. Pokemon sells better, but, like, it's Wait, the man. number one media franchise in the world. That's why. Like... There are... There's a tipping point for most people. The fact that Crash 4 is a old design philosophy game with no nostalgia tied to it the way there was for the insane trilogy with an art style that a lot of people did not like compared to the original one for full price when the last crash game you got had three games in it that's why it didn't sell if a brand new crash game got announced tomorrow and looks like it was made in 2022 like crash super crash odyssey it would sell better than crash 4 i'm telling you that right now 
because that's we'll that's see. happened with Sonic, that's happened with other mascot franchises that aren't the top tier. I guess we will never know because it'll be on Game Pass. And yeah, we'll talk about that's sales. the point. It doesn't matter. It can happen. That's that's the whole crux of it. Like Crash can come back. All these other franchises that have been dead under Activision have a chance at coming back because there's no sales expectation if being integrated in after the deal is done, they can allocate the resources properly to make sure COD's sustainable, take care of its thing, and then anybody else who doesn't want to be on Call of Duty has the freedom to make something they're passionate about because that's what Game Pass allows a lot of their studios to do. I just don't know if... I just don't think that we should all be like, oh, this is for sure going to happen, you know? I think I think everyone needs just you know just just take take a just hold up. Mm-hmm. We're on day two, mm-hmm. right? Let's not get over here waving the flags that oh my god, Toaster Bob is back. Oh my god, like let's just you know. We don't know that to be true. We don't know if that's what Phil wants to do, right? Right? Like I, we don't know. So, I certainly don't know. So in Kevin Diaz's world. Starcraft, Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk, Spyro, all dead franchises, never getting a sequel. No, I just don't know what they are. I told you I love Crash 4. I would love to see more Crash. I would I would love to see that. But we will see. Mm-hmm. We don't know because those teams don't exist currently. They do exist. They're just on Call of Duty. <laughs> Toys you, for Bob yeah, is still they're, a place. They're, yeah. You know? Like, that's still a company. There's still people who liked working on Crash. <laughs> That's yeah. Like I'll I'll agree with the with the with the hopefulness that like there's a chance. Absolutely, you know, it's, it's never zero. There's a chance. However, I don't think we properly can tell either way right now, and if it's likely or not. I mean, we I just don't know. The, you know, my whole point is I think it's infinitely more likely under Microsoft than it has been for the last two years under Activision. I just don't know if it's infinitely more more likely. I think it's a little bit more likelier. I don't like the word infinite, but you know, clearly we'll see. We will see. What 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 what's that supposed to mean? Halo. That was a joke. Oh, nah. Shot the Halo it was cool. Shot the Halo. Well, uh, well, I don't know. That's really all there is with the developments of this story at the moment. Again, Kevin did a, a big talk through about what it means for PlayStation on P- PlayStation Source. I'm sure you're going to be talking about it more as time goes on and we learn more things. But um, any final thoughts that we didn't bring up or anything you want to say about this acquisition or anything, any topic you want yeah, to just briefly um, say before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah. If you want to play this inside, please let's not repeat Bethesda. Let's just not do it. That was really exhausting. That was really, like, it was just exhausting last year. Let's not do it this year, okay? Like, let's just, hey, just, just, I would love, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to position myself where, you know what, Christian, maybe I'm jaded, you know? Maybe I'm jaded, right? That could definitely be a thing. But, like, I'm just over it, right? Where it's like, look, I'm just going to assume that everything from here on out is not coming to PlayStation. If it happens, great. Beautiful, fantastic. Uh, applause all around, you know. But I'm just not gonna be applauding yet, you know. Let let let's just see what the what the repercussions are on the PlayStation side, and we'll go from there. 
okay? But I just think it's better to just, you know, what was that MJ quote? What was it? Expect, um, expect bad and, like, nothing, uh, uh, that MJ quote. <laughs> fucking, what did she say? <laughs> far from home. Ex- Not far from home. No way home. Think, expect bad, expect get bad. Expect disappointment you'll never be disappointed. Is that what it is? Exactly. 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 Just expect disappointment. Okay. It's not it's just it's not it's just it, it's not coming to play Asian. If it does, cool. I I I would I can't I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. You know? I would love if COD would stay on PlayStation, but let, let, let's just expect it won't. You know? And not have these conversations like we did last year, because that shit was annoying. It was. <laughs> that is all. Uh yeah, so well put. I'm the polar opposite with almost all those things, <laughs> but um, yeah, was there, I? I know that was a lot of reiterating. Was there any other stuff? Because I I know it's a very in depth thing that has yeah. a lot of repercussions. Was there anything that you wanted to mention um, beyond just the points we talked about, like at all? Not to like dive deep, just like to throw out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't think there was anything we didn't cover watch we're gonna get off and then there's gonna be something that i remember well, but um again yeah, for sure not something we have to go deep into but i am in ridiculously curious to see if this changes things but um i'm very curious to see obviously the, probably not going to impact anything greatly but like if more of these major publishers get taken up by like people beyond xbox like tencent or anybody else like does that impact PlayStation's Game Pass competitor? Like, is Spartacus strictly first-party history? Or what's up with that? Is it third-party stuff that's... They got to go through hoops to get an Activision game that was big on PS2? Like, um, I'm curious about that because that should be something we're hearing about pretty soon based off of rumors. And I don't think yeah. losing Activision would be a huge thing. But, like, there were a lot of PS2 Activision games, you know, that were big. Yeah. So, yeah, curious. Um, also, anyone that's downplaying this and like acting like it's not a big deal, please stop. It's a very big deal. Look at the play, look at the PS store charts every month, every year. Cod's on top of that mm-hmm. for going on 15 years now. So, yes, it's a big deal. Stop downplaying it. Um, also, of course, at, at the top of I hope everyone's minds, you know, is that the employees at division get treated better under new leadership, of course. That's your number one. The you know, and um Yeah, I don't know. I uh yeah, I, I hope this doesn't start a war of just who can we buy, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's it's happening. I feel like it's here. Yeah. Um and that and that fucking sucks. Can I say that? That that shit sucks. That shit sucks. I'll say yeah. this too cuz again we we stayed far away from the PlayStation talk basically this whole time. Um I think there's like cuz I've yesterday a lot of things that I saw where people being like PlayStation has to counter. They didn't counter Bethesda, they have to counter this. They can't. Like there's That's physically nothing that can be done. Like, like stop, shut up. Like they can't. They they can't counter yeah, like it's uncounterable. It's uncount like like it's 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 damn near next to bullying at this point, you know? Like Yeah, like anything that could be a counter would 
be Sony buying somebody who has a larger market cap than Sony does. Like that's that's how they yeah, could counter this, and that's just not possible. So, yeah, and yeah, and and like where I'll end mm-hmm. right is that um like I respect. I respect the way they are doing business. It is what it is. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of influence. They can do it. They can throw that money around wherever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that's even inherently bad. That's just pure capitalism at that point. Mm -hmm. Capitalism has negative things. Capitalism has positive things. But uh, this is just capitalism at play, right? And, um, like, I was really looking forward to being enticed by what Microsoft could show me. And what they would bring to their offering, right? And mm-hmm. there is still there's still room for that to show up. There's plenty of uh, first party Xbox devs now now more than ever, right? That mm-hmm. are creating original experiences that I can't wait to see, right? Like one that I keep thinking about: Indiana Jones Machine Games, right? But yeah. um, I just wish that like them trying to entice those that are not on the Xbox ecosystem didn't come with the cost of taking out third parties and taking and, and, and like I know that quote Phil said about like not it's not about taking away games from platforms it, I, I mean let's be real it it it, it 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 kind of is it kind of is yeah you know I mean uh, uh, it it like like I I don't like that quote because like it kind of is yeah like, like when you if, get super technical that, about it like Go ahead. Yeah. Through xCloud, you're able to supply it to infinitely more people just through like web browsers and mobile phones than you would by like gating out PlayStation. But I understand where you're coming from. Like on a yeah. technical level, what he's saying is true. But yes, yes, from your perspective, I completely get that. Yeah. And like I'll like agree with that too, where, where, where it's like, I bet, you know, uh, uh you know, in a, few years time i would love if it came to apple tv right because like i i have that like like i would love that but like i'm sure there's going to be an even easier way for me to access xcloud there there is right now on chrome i just i just haven't done it yet i don't know why you know what i'm saying like um um i know they are going to make it easy for me to access those games but it does still i just wish i didn't feel like well shit okay fine you fucking took cod i like cod you took doom you took woman sign fine like fuck it fine i'll sign up for fucking game pass you know like fine like shit you know like like like, i wish it didn't go that way i wish it was like hey check out indiana jones hey check out this new thing from you know maybe avowed i i am impressed by avowed next you know what i'm saying like like Mm -hmm. i wish it was more just original stuff that pulled me in and really enticed me not this brute force, you know. Yeah, and I mean, the, like you is said, here. they do have a lot. Like personally, yeah. for me, there's a lot they have coming that interests me a lot more than uh, some of the farther out announcements for currently Nintendo and PlayStation. Like, yeah, mainline Bethesda. Very curious about Avowed, Indiana Jones. Super curious about Perfect Dark, um, and like I'm anything Double Fine does, like. There's a lot that for me is enticing and is that because they are with some of these purchases they made a while ago, like able to like they're doing that. And like Hellblade, that was another one. Hellblade two, super right. excited for that. Right. Um like it's coming and I think 
uh, that type of nurturing is happening. It's just taking a while. And then in the meantime, it's the Game Pass acquisitions and the Game Pass moves that are like filling in their release calendar. So for on my side as somebody who owns an Xbox, if this is what they have to do to fill the gap between when those games like Hellblade 2 that were able to take their time come out, I'm cool with that if that means that the game I'm really excited for was able to take its time that it needs, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kevin, there's also a very, very, very easy answer. Uh, it's called the Xbox Series S. It's 300 bucks. It's going to be cheaper than the VR headset, too. <laughs> so. Nah, 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 nah. No, like you, 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 you know me. Like I, I, I care about the quality of the game as well, right? Like I do. Like if, if I'm a dive in, like I, I'm a dive in head first, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know. And 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 I, I personally care about 4K, care about high frame rates, etc. You know. Yeah. I mean, the Series S can hit 120 in certain games. Like it's possible. The the main difference is just resolution. So. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I I care about. I understand you think 1080p is blurry. I I understand that's your take. So it it is blurry. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> ask ask Arachnite. Yes, the man who he's called. The, what he's what the, game did he call? Slideshow. The, that was like sixty. He's the he's the average consumer. Yeah, yeah of course, mm-hmm. of course. He's the <laughs> he's the parameter of average consumers. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry. until more developments happen, Kevin, where can everybody find you? Use the comments plays in source. Road to Forbidden West is uh, chugging, going to lawn. Um, again, Christian said, my Activision talk is up there. You can go check out that. Streaming some Horizon as well. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we'll be busy in February. So so definitely get in tune with that. And um, yeah, and, and, and I'll I'll have more to plug. Uh, we'll talk in February. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, 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 we'll have a little chat in February. But that, we'll have to wait until then. I know what that but, is. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh. Okay. Oh, do we have breaking news? Oh, no. Okay. I saw Call of Duty. I saw some some news about it. Uh, I don't know if this broke earlier. Uh, and this has nothing to do, I don't think, with um, the acquisition. But Game Informer tweeted, Season 2 of Call of Duty Vanguard and Warzone Pacific has been delayed to fix ongoing issues with those two games and Modern Warfare. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know when that happened, but it just popped up in my feed. I see. I see. Again, nothing to do with the acquisition, but <laughs> relevant to Call of Duty. So, um, yeah, you can find me everywhere at chuntd2, uh, youtube.com slash joyclicks for occasional videos. Uh, you can find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just look up Joyclicks Gamescast. If you can rate a review on your platform, would be appreciated if you did. It takes a quick second, helps us out a ton. And if you want to support the shows on a monetary level, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks, you get producer credit on this show and every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And barring any other major news, next week we will finally be doing our top 10 lists most anticipated for 2022. Get hyped. Big year. Who, are we going to have a, 20 different games? Are we going to have the same list? I don't, hmm. I don't know, Kevin. I wonder how much overlap we're, 
gonna have. I'll say a good five. I'll say we'll have five overlap. Maybe four. Because, like, yeah, because, like, there are stuff that, like, hey, if this drops, like, this would be hype, but I just don't know if it's coming out, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. that's been a struggle the last three years when we do these. Yeah. I'm like, Breath of the Wild, but it's not coming out, so. Right, right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make the, the proper, of course, if this comes out, it would be on the list things next week, but that's it. Look forward to that. Until then, it's pizza time. It's pizza time.